and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's Let's get get into it. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Miranda is singing in this musical episode of The Writing Forge. Once Uh. again, with feeling. Or once (laughs) more with feeling. Yes. I haven't actually seen Buffy, but there's, there's, I don't know. It is still a good show, but there's some problematic stuff that came out about it. Mm, Well, maybe I never will watch it then. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. Well, today we were going to talk about some common writer misconceptions. Um... Basically, I kind of categorize most of these as good ideas that have been taken too far and people have kind of like turned them into laws that you're not allowed to break as a writer. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Well, and then there's just straight up bad advice. That's true. (laughs) There is that. Um, So the first one that Miranda brought up, actually, that made me really excited to talk about this is passive voice, because people talk about it all the time, (laughs) and half the time they're wrong. (laughs) Um, I mean, and part of it goes back to learning in school, like, oh, never use the passive voice, except also in science, you're never supposed to use the personal, like, pronouns, so I don't really know how you're supposed to, but I'm not a science writer. (laughs) Um, So the biggest thing for me is that One, people often get confused on what passive voice actually is. Passive voice is a very, like, technical grammar term, and it's when you've shifted so that the object of a sentence is now the the subject of the sentence. I should have come up with some examples before so, we like started. So like the by zombies example. Yeah, if you yeah. can ever can use put... <laughs> by zombies after the end of the sentence, then it's passive. Yeah, yeah. The sandwich was eaten. There you go. There's a yeah. perfect example. By zombies. One, that is an okay thing to do sometimes. It is all right. It's... Because if you don't care who ate the sandwich, if it's just this existential story about the sandwich... <laughs> Then, then you can just say the sandwich was eaten as your final sad line. But most of the time, I would say you do care who ate the sandwich. I'm not of hungry. <laughs> <laughs> of course you care who ate the sandwich. Brother, yeah. I'm looking at you. Yes. I know what you did. <laughs> so, so that's what passive voice actually is. Pay attention to it. Make sure you're not doing it when you don't need to. But then a lot of times writers think that passive voice is just passive language they think it's using word like the verb to be like you should never say yeah exactly like she is sitting over there in the chair like no we can't just say she is sitting we have to she sat in the chair to be fair to be fair that is a grammar thing maybe that was a bad example but (laughs) (laughs) because sometimes it's is sitting and sometimes it's sat yeah I think some people think in order to make my writing strong I need to never use the word is or was or am or Let's see, what are all the conjugations of to be? Fanboys? Oh, wait, no, that's different conjugations. What is that one? Conjunction, junction. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. doing completely wrong. <laughs> this is why you're the editor and I am not. Yeah, <laughs> so. But I don't I don't want it just to be me talking all the time either. <laughs> oh, it's so. not. It's not. We have other things on this list that I have opinions on. But also when it comes to active versus passive voice, um, I think you start getting into pacing because I've had people tell me that, oh, this is really passive and you need to strengthen it up and make it more active. 
And I'm like, no, it's supposed to be slow here. <laughs> I am purposefully slowing you down because for whatever reason, either you need a break from the narrative or we're, you know, it's sad right now. <laughs> and so everything needs to be a little slower, a little softer, a little lower. And so I will insert more passive voice intentionally. Passive language. Language, excuse me. <laughs> passive language. See, I'm not, I don't have the right vocab either. Um, I will insert more passive language intentionally to slow you down and to bring you down and stuff like that. And for some reason, and it could just be a me thing, poets call me out. Um, I find passive language a little more poetic. Hmm. Like it it seems like the sentences flow a little more and they're a little more, I don't know. It's poetry. It makes it seem prettier to me. I, I think my, my takeaway always for any of these rules of writing is that I, there is no right and wrong all the time. Like it's always about the situation that you're in and judging, weighing pros and cons. And like if there's ever a rule, quote unquote, you can break it. If you know that you're breaking it and you're willing to pay the cost, yes. that's all the rules are. But actually, since you brought up pacing, that was another one of our things that we were going to talk about. Yes. And so so tell me what how you would word this misconception. So pacing to me is where everyone is telling you that you must always be going. So it's the ticking clock. It's, you know, the hero has to be put under more and more and more and more pressure. And I feel like, first off, that that's a very Western world thing, hmm. maybe specifically an American thing, um, that they don't take the time. I, I don't we, know. We eat lunch <laughs> in like 20 minutes, right? And Europeans are like, why are you eating so fast? And so, like, we never – it's always push, 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 push. It's never like – and if you take the time – to settle into a scene and if you take the time to just have something pretty half the time you're told to either shorten it or you're told to get rid of it completely and I don't agree with that at all like there obviously you don't want to go too far into it like you don't want to get into navel gazing you don't mm -hmm. want to get into the spiral of thoughts for, you know, chapters and chapters and chapters. I think yeah. pages would be okay. It depends on your genre. It depends on your genre. It depends on what your character is struggling with and what you're trying to showcase. I, I think it's okay to take some time and to settle into a scene just because it has a feeling, it has a vibe, it has, like, you're trying to portray an emotion through a scene, and so you should be able to settle into it instead of just, well, you know, where's the urgency? Where's the stakes? You don't always have to have that. <laughs> have you need to have some nice, you know, give your characters a break. That's, oh, man, suspense books, that is the worst 36, <laughs> 72 hours of that person's life. Like, they don't even get to sleep. So. And that's maybe a genre where you do more of this, too, yes. of the constant pacing. But I feel like it's an... I feel like that's advice that I hear a lot in every genre is like, you know, no, kick it up, kick it up, kick it up. And it's like it doesn't always have to be kicked up to. Well, and I think I think your response is a good one because you're saying 
it's for a purpose. You're not just slowing down because, I don't know, because someone told you you should describe the scene, right? This is back to my, I think I've brought it up before, my classic thing of you need to have double duty writing. Yes. Like everything that you write should do, serve more than one purpose. And so if you're, if someone's like, you don't have enough scene description in here and you're like, well, I better put some scene description in. That's literally the only reason you're writing it. It's not, it's going to slow the pacing down for no good reason. But if you're using the scene description to give your character a chance to think about the things that are going on in their life and come to important realizations and stuff, then that's good. I mean, it doesn't even have to be that big a deal. You can use one sentence and throw in a couple of descriptive words that are in the context of something else. Another thing with pacing is, like you're saying, things have to always keep going. That can actually like work against you. Even if you're in a tense situation, you need to take you need to put some some breaks in because um, often when I'm editing things, I see that some really big important thing has happened, but it's buried in the middle of a paragraph. Um, and so we miss it. Mm-hmm. So we need some pacing around it. Usually I say the most important things should be at the end or the beginning of a paragraph. And if it's really important, it should be its own paragraph. If but then oh, trying ahead. to if you're trying to hide things, it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you want it to be like a, a foreshadowing that's hidden or something. Yeah. Middle of the paragraph. Great place for it. So also, if something really big has happened, both your character and the readers need time to process it. And so if you just say, oh, surprise, we didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's father and then go on to the next thing really fast, like. One, the character needs time to think about it, and two, the reader needs time to think about it so that they remember and so that they can, you know. Reading is not a passive thing. It's um, interpreting the book and guessing and, I don't know, maybe I don't read like other people do, but that's how it is for me. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, so yeah, when something big happens, take a moment and show us the reader's reaction, the character's reaction to it, because one, that will teach us about the character, and two, it will give the reader time to to process it. Well, and we should probably do a whole different episode on this, but writing emotionally, like you need to have highs and lows, because otherwise we become numb. We as human <laughs> beings are not programmed to stay in the same emotion for too long. <laughs> and so if you don't have breaks in the emotion, if you don't have... Like if everything's fear all the time, eventually you get used to being afraid and you're not afraid anymore just because that is the new homeostasis. And so you need to break up the fear with humor or you need to break it up with some other emotion. Same with laughter. Things aren't as happy if everything's happy all the time. You have to have moments of sadness and everything else. Like like the whole cliche of, you know, you can't know light without darkness. So you need you need to mix it up. But that I feel like that could be its whole topic. All right, so let's go back to our list of other things. Um, another one that I really wanted to talk about is never use adverbs. I feel like some <laughs> some poor editor, some probably many, um, were like, God, there's so many adverbs in this book. I'm going to tell writers never to use them. And that's just one. If, if ever you see a grammar or a style rule that says never do X or Y, doubt it. Um, <laughs> Doubt it. Doubt it. <laughs> um, so here's the problem with adverbs is that they are very telly, and we like to say show, don't tell, which we could also have a whole episode yes. on. Um, but, uh, so I'm just going to leave that hanging there. <laughs> For um, next time. Yeah. Our own bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, good. <laughs> um, but 
so so adverbs are very telly. They're telling the reader exactly how you think the character is doing a thing. Um, and instead of an adverb, so like she she said, oh, what's a good example? Um, she smiled uh, sadly. No, She's, that's a good. Oh, adverb. that's a good one. Okay. Well, because smiling sadly, so she smiled happily is a bad adverb. Well, that's just repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> It's redundant. Yeah. I mean, she smiled sadly can be good in, in situations, definitely. You could also, like, depending on the situation, it might be more useful to describe exactly how the smile looked. But, but so that is a good example of probably in that moment you don't need a bunch of details. It depends entirely on the context. But Pacing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it depends is it, on the is it a conversation and an argument and you need to be snappy? Or is it like she's... Trying to smile as her lover is yeah, going off into the ocean. off into the ocean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's where use adverbs. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Use adverbs when you're trying to get through something quickly. You just want to put in a hint of emotion, a hint of description, but that's not really the focus here. But look at your adverbs and say, one, am I using too many of them? And then if you are, try to turn some of them into not adverbs that are more descriptive. And yeah. Yeah. But being redundant, yes, is yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I I always laugh whenever I have to correct a sentence. It's like she nodded her head in agreement. Like you, like you nodding nod by default. By de- yeah, by default, nodding is in agreement, and by default, nodding is usually your head. Like you call it out when it's something else. Well, and that's a great example of adverb isn't always ly because mm. a lot of people just think if it ends in ly, it's an adverb. So. Not all adverbs. You can have adverbial phrases. Yes. Yes. Prepositional phrases, too. No tautologies. No, dear. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) I have to look that word up every time. (laughs) Oh, here's one that is probably a little controversial. Thesauruses are not always your friend. And I say this because I, bless his dear little heart, beta read for an author. And I'm trying to think of the best way to (laughs) describe it. He obviously got the advice of don't be repetitive. Mm -hmm. That was quite clearly someone had told him you're using the same word over and over again. And so instead of restructuring his sentences or instead of describing something else, he uh, took every single repetition of the original word and used a thesaurus on (laughs) it. Um, Don't do this. Please, for the (laughs) love of God, don't do this, both for your beta readers and for your editors. Just don't. Because uh, what it turned into is it turned into... Academic writing? No, not even... Like, I'm trying to... Sorry, academics. (laughs) Academics. He was describing... Okay. He's not going to listen to this. Why am I worried? Um, <laughs> well, don't use his name. <laughs> not using his name. Uh, but he was describing a bar fight. And mm-hmm. in the bar fight, there was a large man. And this large man started as large. And then he was huge. And then oh, he was a gargantuan. Oh, goodness. Um, this, this gargantuan fist comes out of nowhere. And basically every single synonym for the word large was used to describe this man. And all of those have different connotations yeah (laughs) and so we're we're going from a barroom brawl to like king kong (laughs) 
<laughs> because because all of these different words and instead you would be better served by focusing on other details instead of describing the, the same, same detail over and over and over again unless you're using it in a like evil henchman kind of way where where they'll pick one detail and that detail is how they're describing this person mm, who yeah, is in like, the story short enough that they don't deserve to yeah, be named. They're the t the left shark. Yeah, know. left shark, right <laughs> shark. You know, mustache man yeah. where he twirled yeah, 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 it. Yeah. Oh, mustache man came after me, sort of. And so, unless it's that kind of detail, in which case, do repeat it because yeah, that's don't. how you're identifying this person. <laughs> yeah. Don't change it. Don't change it up. And so, when me personally, when using a thesaurus, double check that the word that you're replacing still means what you want it to mean. Because my other favorite example is why is it that everyone wants to go to a cottage in the forest and not a cabin in the woods? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good one. And so. Like there's different there's different images that those words evoke just because they're synonyms doesn't mean that it they're means equal. the same yeah. thing. So well, and I feel like this is a good way for us to wrap up this episode because I think this relates back to the original idea of of passive language, and so people are thinking, well, I need to not use the word is, and so I need a fancy verb, like I don't know, I, I should have a thesaurus. But anyway, <laughs> it's and it's not just with is, it's just with, yeah, I don't want to use the boring word of large. I need to use a more interesting word, which is a good instinct. Just don't take it too far. Yes, don't take it too far. That could be the title of this episode. <laughs> don't take it too far. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that it? That's it. All righty. Oh, we have to have a question. What's, um, what, what are some... Well, one, what are some misconceptions that you see? Or two, do you have a rule that someone's told you and you want to know if it's a real rule or not? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, put it in the socials in the description and we'll get back to you. Stay sharp, my friends. <laughs> Stay sharp, my friends. It's <laughs> like, wait, what's our tagline? <laughs> That's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Writing Forge, an NCW podcast brought to you by Nagano Press. To learn more about The Writing Forge and our parent company, Northern Colorado Writers, be sure to check out our website at northerncoloradowriters.com. Check out our social links in the description. You can subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever podcasts are aired. If you like this episode, you'd really help us out by rating and reviewing. If you're looking for more informational writing content, be sure to become an NCW member. Stay sharp, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>